Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com. And with me today is a special guest, Phil Fraser from Leeds in the United Kingdom. Welcome, Phil. Hi, nice to see you. I'd say good morning and it's good evening for you, I believe. Yeah, we, we, we have this often where, where people say, oh, and you're in the future, so don't tell us what happens. Well, well we're in the future too. Okay, so uh, welcome to the Business Excellence Podcast. Now, Phil, your profiles on social media describe yourself as a business sounding board. So what is a business sounding board? Okay, so a business sounding board is, um, it's sort of pretty self-explanatory, but people always ask me what it is. So I work with uh, business owners to be, in effect, their extra pair of eyes and an extra pair of ears. Um, you know, the cliche out there is it's lonely at the top, and, and it very much is. And, you know, what I find is business owners just need somebody to talk to and bounce things off. Um you know, I'm sort of part business coach, part mentor, part uh, almost personal non-exec director. So I work with the business owner on how they run their business rather than as a business you know, strategist and going in and telling them what to do with their business, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's very much more the the non-exec as you said almost a non-exec director role but without the 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 corporate fiduciary responsibility some of the time and very much more mentoring than a coaching role yeah and it 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 really does depend i mean different clients have different requirements of me and and you know as our relationship develops different questions and things come up so in in certain instances it's a very simple I have this problem. Can we just, you know, talk it through? And that's sort of classic sounding board. In other instances, it's uh, accountability partner. You know, one of the fantastic things, one of the brilliant things about running your own business is you're the boss. You can do whatever you want. The downside is you've got nobody to tell you, hey, did you do that thing you said you were going to do last week? Because you're the boss. You go, oh, I don't want to do that. That's too complicated or too hard or too difficult or too long and I want to go and play golf so you go and play golf um or you do something you enjoy doing oh I'll I'll, I'll spend time on the marketing because that's fun rather than oh, I've got to sort out this HR problem um so so a sounding board is also an accountability partner uh who says hey you know yeah it's your company you're the boss but we said last week you were going to do a b and c did you do it um and then other times it, it's it's simply Phil, I've got this problem. You know, how did it look when when you did it in your business? And I can say, well, you know, we had this issue, and and this is the way it played out for us. I'm not telling you how to do it, but you know, a view of somebody else who's been in that problem is a great way of saying, oh, okay. So, a, this isn't abnormal. It's you know, it's expected. It's the sort of thing that it's not just my business. It's not just me. And then we can talk through stuff. Okay, so so the business owners 
who worked with you or would benefit from a sounding board? I ask this question a lot of people who work in the mentoring space. How important is it that they are coachable? That's absolutely the key. That is absolutely the key. When I first started doing this, um, I went through the process of going, okay, you know, what does my customer avatar look like? And I, I did it the usual way people would do it. So interest sector, size, age, that type of thing. But actually, it's a mindset thing. You know, there is no, there's no point in me talking to a business owner who's not going to listen, who doesn't want to change, and on the positive side, doesn't, you know, isn't proactively looking to improve and get better. Um, I'll give you a very, very brief example. I, I worked with somebody um, a couple of years ago. Um, this was in an unpaid uh, scenario because it, it was a contact of mine. Um, went through quite a long process of putting together a strategy for his business, presented it back to him and his team, or he and I presented it to his team. And it just went in a draw because he he wasn't open to change. So actually, the person who is going to take me or indeed any other mentor or coach on board has got to be open to change because otherwise it's pointless. Okay. And, and if somebody, I mean, if somebody is not admitting they have a problem, so I often see that. I, I see that a lot. I see people who, 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 you know, the old saying, they can't see the wood for the trees. But, but the, the, you know, we can all see, we collectively, you know, the royal we, okay, we can see a problem. We can see a problem coming. And yet, you know, how do you drag them along? How do you take them to water and, as I say, hold their head underwater sometimes? But, you know, or is it not possible? Do they actually have to come to that conclusion on their own? People always talk a lot about, you know, you learn, you learn more from your mistakes than you learn from your successes. But um, you have to be open to, to listening and learning. And if they can't see there's a problem or if they don't recognize that problem, or even if you or I or any other coach or mentor says to them, look, you have a problem with this issue or that issue, and they stick their head in the sand and go, no, 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 it's all right. Or we always do it like that. Or that's the way the industry does it. It can't be changed. Then you can't help them. Um, hopefully, being able to give that, you know, wood from the trees view allows them to go, oh, shit, you're right. I never realized that. And that's often the case is actually they don't recognize the issue and then once you recognize the issue, you can then go, okay, let's let's find a solution. Um, but even those people who you say this is an issue and then they don't change, you, you can't help them. You can't help them at all. Okay. Um, I want to just digress for a minute because your background is you built a business over 18 years and then you sold it to a public listed company um, a few years ago. Um, now, that business was... Which bingo, I think it is, which bingo.co.uk. That's right, yes. Just, just give me the story behind that because in order to in order to contextualize being a mentor, I want to understand the backstory. Yeah. And and actually you, you you're right to raise it because that's that's where I position myself is is you know, there are a lot of coaches out there who've read a book or been on a 
course or, you know, God forbid, bought a franchise and then go, hey, I'm a business coach. Whereas I always tell people, look, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, got the battle scars. I'm simply a business owner who's slightly further down the same train track as you are. So I can speak from experience. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the very brief version of, of my story, um, I uh, tried to launch a business, uh, went out into the market, um, sort of shark, you call it shark tank, we call it dragon's den, sort of shark tank style to try and get some, try and get some funding in the real world. That failed. Um, off the back of it, I'd built a website that was there to actually collect data that I could use in my presentation for, for this business pitch that failed. Um, and the short story is people started saying, can I advertise on your website? Now, fortunately, my background pre, pre the business was in advertising sales. So I used to sell advertising space in magazines and newspapers. So this was pretty much what I'd done, but on the web. Um, so I said, yeah, send me some money and we'll run some ads on the website. And in, in very, very, this is a very, very simple version of it. 18 years later, um, we sold it to PLC. You know, we went through all the growth pains that everybody goes through. So it started initially with myself, my wife at home, no funding, nothing. Uh, we had five years when we only had freelancers. We then take the big scary step of, of an office and staff. That's proper grown up, you know, that's proper grown up stuff. And at the time is scary. Um, and then, you know, the, the business growth and business growth isn't linear. It's, you know, it's up and down and round and backwards and, you know, three months of, yeah, we've cracked it. And then three months of, oh shit, we're going bust. And then, you know, all that sort of stuff. And actually, interestingly, since I've been, doing what I'm doing now, I realized that there were there were three or four key parts of that journey where we had external input from independent advisors in, in different guises that made a huge difference each time. Um, so it's actually interesting looking back and going, oh, well, that, that step change happened after we got somebody in and that step change happened when an advisor came in and we did this project or this process, whatever it was. Um, and then 18 years after the accidental launch, a PLC approached us. Again, this is very simple, simplistic version of it. Approached us, said, we want to buy you. And we went, yeah, okay, give us loads of money and I'll give you the keys. And that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, having, having been down that road myself in the 90s, um, yeah, we started a business by accident. We only were in it for six years. But 1990, we started an education business in South Africa. And by 1996, a, a listed shell approached us and said, you know, here's some money and some shares. Would you like to, to sell your business to us? And, and that was actually an interesting career shift for me because we got into M&A and venture capital by doing a lot of acquisition for them after that. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, we didn't, yeah, how many guys today, and there are a number of, of advisors out there and mentors who, who say when you start a business, you know, start, you know, I'm not quoting Simon Sinek, start with the end in mind, but, but, but that, you know, that's kind of different. But, but what they're saying is when you start a business, make sure your structures are right for your exit. How many entrepreneurs have you ever come across that actually can do that? I think it's, it's, um, I th think it's rare. I think, you know, we started our business as, as, yeah, an enormous amount of people do with the aim of paying us or getting enough money in, A, for the business to keep going, and then B, 
to put food on the table. And then, you know, then maybe it's like, oh, we might be able to upgrade the car. Then it might be, oh, we can go to a, we can go on holiday this year. And I think many, many businesses start with that in mind. It's only when I think you become a grown-up business that then most people start thinking, okay, right, if I'm going to sell this, I mean, there are certain, and, and, and we sort of did it by accident. There are certain things you have to have in place to be able to sell, and you'll know this. You know, the business has to be able to run without you, the business owner, in place. That's the key. You know, you, somebody said to me, you have to make yourself redundant. And, and that's one of the key things. Because if you are the, you know, if you're a self-employed plumber, for example, and there's nothing wrong with being a self-employed plumber, you can't, you haven't got business to sell because you are the business. Um, and I think as the business develops and as you become more successful, and then you start thinking either proactively or just subconsciously that, you know, one day I will either need to or want to sell this. You then look at it and go, well, okay, I can't sell this at the moment because I'm too integral to it. And you start extracting yourself and you put the management team and reporting systems are in place. And, and again, because we, like you, we, we set up by accident and because it was we had no shareholders at the time, or we had no shareholders, full stop, um, you know, uh, the reporting and the processes were there for our benefit, not with a sale in mind. And I think when you get to that point where you think, right, okay, we're going to sell, you have to put processes in place. You have to do things like getting all your contracts in the same place. And, you know, we work with Dave down the road. He's been a client of ours for 10 years and it's on a nod and a handshake. That hasn't got any value when you get into M&A. Oh, absolutely. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. So, so talk to me about reporting systems because that's an interesting one. So, so I do a lot of work with companies on leading indicators of performance, not lagging indicators. And, and I'll give you a bit more definition of that. But, but most guys I know work on the is there money in the bank principle, you know, of, of, of reporting. But, but financial systems per se, financial measurement is always a lag because it, 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 it reflects activity some period ago that generates the cash flow now. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and my experience as an entrepreneur is that that's, that's often good enough as an entrepreneur just to know there's, you know, you did this activity and it takes nine months to get the money and that's okay. Yeah. I think we, we had a, there's a couple of things the, 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 the first thing in my mind, um, I mean, it took us years to get sort of proper systems in place. I mean, we were, we were invoicing on, word and debt collecting on an excel spreadsheet you know it really was that simple um and for many years it was a case of okay once i've put my costs in and my invoices on the excel spreadsheet what's the what's the figure in the bottom right hand corner is it is it higher than it was last month or was it lower and that, that was pretty much it now we then eventually you know we went into uh, uh electronic invoicing and all that sort of stuff and reporting but the, the issue for us was, and this is where it came into play, um, as I said, because we had no shareholders, it was a privately owned company, um, the reporting we did was for the, for the benefit and the analysis of the business. So, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what the average figures were, all that sort of stuff. It was okay, KPIs and figures that we used to determine how well the business was doing and, and, and processing. What happened was when we came to sell, um, 
we didn't have our data in the format that a purchasing company wanted to see it. Um, and what we had to do, and in fact, what I had to do, because obviously I kept it quiet from, from the team, I had to, we had the raw data, but we didn't have it in the format that the purchasers wanted it. So I had to go backwards and, and create all these reports that we'd never used because we never needed them um, yeah. in a format that they wanted and analysis and, and ratios that they wanted that we never did because and we didn't have them because there were no benefit to us in the day-to-day, month-to-month running of the business. So again, this is one of the things I talk to people about is if you're looking to sell, you need to understand what the market parameters are and then have those parameters in place in your in your business. So we, you know, certain industry averages and, and run rates and things like that, we didn't we didn't use. So therefore we didn't have them. Um, well, they were, were they relevant? I mean, the answer is your business. Yeah, yeah they weren't relevant. Yeah, your business was growing. There was money in the bank. You paid off the car. You paid off the house or whatever. You know, as an entrepreneur, that's that's part of the 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 joy of being an entrepreneur. That well, let's go to the Bahamas for two weeks because we can. Yep. Yep. You know. Um, but but as I say, I mean the other the other thing we the other I'll tell you a very funny story. The other thing was because we were a website and obviously there's the tech side of it. Um, our purchasers wanted to see um, the tech, the, the sort of under the under the hood. Um, now I didn't. I'm not. I have a very basic understanding of websites, so I'm not a techie. But obviously, on the day to day, week to week running of the business, I have no need to see the raw code of the business to see what the website does. So I had to somehow find all our back end passwords and logins to then share them with the purchasers. And I took, I to, I managed to sort of, by asking, I, said, I told everybody, oh, I've read something about security. We have to have all our passwords in one place and locked down. So I had access to them. Then I had to come in on a Sunday morning when nobody else was in the office and log in with these other people and, 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 and show them. And again, that's that's another thing p- for potential purchasers. You know, when you get into when you get into website coding, you know, some coders will comment stuff. You're like, this line does this, this line does that. When it's a small business, you don't need to do that. So then, when the purchasers are going, what does this line of code do? I don't know, and nobody's commenting. <laughs> so, so again, it's 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 all about this is all part of this bigger picture of of. As you said, if you if you start with the end in mind of we might sell one day, it's actually putting good habits in place and good processes and systems in place that when you come to sell, they're in place. Inevitably, that won't happen because when you going back to what I was saying, when you start up, you start up to be able to put money on the ta- uh, put food on the table. You know, absolutely. There's a there's an economic imperative when you start to you know to do what you do. So tell me yeah. something. You've developed something called. The Pitta Pata or P R T A P A T T E R system of problem solving. Tell me yep. about that. Okay, okay. Um, so I uh, Pitta uh, is the uh, is is pain in the ass. P I T A. Okay. Okay. So that's that's where the Pitta came from, and Pata was just okay. It sounds Pitta Pata sounds quite good now. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah got that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very very simple process, and I I sort of built this. Um, to try and explain or, or give a snapshot of how I work with clients. So it's very, very simple. Um, 
So your, your audience now has to use their imagination. They've got an A4 piece of paper, landscape, divided into nine boxes. Okay? Like tic-tac-toe or yep. you know, noughts and crosses. Okay. So the first thing is the pitter, pain in the ass. What is your business's biggest pain in the ass problem right now? Okay? And this is, this is a quite quick process to do. So everybody will have a real pain in the ass problem that's st- if you think about it, what's stopping you being brilliant? Okay, so that's your pitter. So on the top line, you've got three boxes. In box number one, so top left, um, a potential solution to that problem, just off the top of your head. The second box, so it's center top, mm-hmm. a second potential solution to your problem. And the third box, a third potential solution to the problem. So you've now got... Just, again, off the top of your head, uh, I know it might be, let's take something really simple. Uh, we're not making enough profit. Okay, solution number one might be put the prices up. Solution number two might be increase your product range. Solution number three might be uh, reduce your own costs, however it might be. Okay, this is very, very simplistic. Okay? Yeah. So your middle, your middle line under the, the first solution is three reasons three pros, three reasons why it's a good idea. Okay. Your second box is three reasons why idea number two is a good idea. And then the third box is three reasons why idea three is a good idea. Okay. And then your bottom row is three reasons why it's a bad idea or three cons. So we've got three lots of pros, three lots of cons for three different solutions. Then you can look at it and go, right, okay, which of these three is going to be my solution, my chosen solution to my problem, the pitter at the top. Yeah. And you go, okay, that's the one we're going to go with. Right, let's smash it out of the ballpark and, and go with it. Now, that is a, is a very, very simple process. I've obviously oversimplified it, but that is, firstly, it's, it's a great example of how I would work with a client because that's pretty much what we would do yeah. if they had a problem. Um. It's really, really great at cutting through the crap because you just sit there and go, okay, you know, I mean, that's just taking me five minutes or less than five minutes to work through. Obviously, it's going to take a bit longer. You could do it with a team. You could do it with your team as a, as a, as a thinking, a blue skies process. But what it does is it just goes, right, there's a problem. Here's three potential solutions. Here's, mm, that's a good idea. That's not a good idea. That's a good idea. That's not a good idea. Right. We've now decided. Then we go right. Okay, how do we solve? You know, which way do we do it? Okay, all right. So I mean, it, it, and you know, often those solutions are right in front of you, and and you just need a process to actually order them to get to the right answer. Correct, and and yes. and it will be it will be, you know, the 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 pain in the ass problem will be something that's been gnawing away at the business owner. It will be the one that that they're thinking about when they go to bed at night it's the one that wakes them up it's the one where they're out with the kids on a sunday afternoon and, and the mind wanders and go oh, bloody hell i've got that problem but what it does is it just this process just pulls out all the thoughts that you've probably had okay. and, and then when you look at it you can go right logically i can see which one has the best you know ratio of pros versus cons and obviously you could do it you could do five potential solutions and you do 
four yeah. pros and cons each way. It's just a simple way of doing it. And as I say, you could do it with a team and, you know, the whole team can chuck their 10 penneth in. Oh, we can't do that because that doesn't work. Or that's a good idea because I saw that at the company I was at before and it worked really well. And then, you, you know, then you've got the clarity of, right, let's go forward and, and solve this problem. Okay, that's fantastic. So um, we're getting to a point where we're going to run out of time. I mean, we try and keep the episodes to between 20 and 25 minutes, mainly because that is about the average world commute. When people get back to working in offices, and maybe a whole lot of them don't, um, the, the idea is that people commute for that length of time and so they can enjoy a full episode on their commute so so that's where you know we we try and we try and keep to that sort of time for most of our episodes so phil if anyone listening would like to get hold of you um like to work through their pain in the in the ass problems you know how do they do that what's the best way of getting hold of you okay so the best way of getting hold of me is either uh find me on linkedin i'm on linkedin most days uh just phil fraser or if you go to my website, which is www.philfraser.co.uk. Now, don't go to philfraser.com because philfraser.com is a medieval reenactment costume company. So there's people dressed up as Robin Hood and there's bows and arrows and all that sort of thing. That's not me. That If you're on there, that's not me. So it's philfraser.co.uk. And all my contact details are on there. Perfect. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for sharing about your journey. Thank you for for sharing your thoughts on on mentoring and and sounding boards and why that's so critical to our entrepreneurs. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast with a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and in life.